Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. I'm Claire Hatton. And I'm Greta Thomas. This show is all about sharing inspiration, uplifting stories, and practical career advice from innovative, original thinking, and pioneering women from around the world. You can find us here every second week, or why not sign up at don'tstopusnow.co so you never miss a show. Plus, you'd make our day if you could rate or review us. It really gives us a boost in more ways than one. It sure does. Now it's time for this week's show. Hello, hello, and buckle up because this week is one of our special how-to episodes. This is an episode where we take a common career challenge and explore the best ways to navigate and conquer that challenge. Exactly. And this week, we're looking at the issue of being heard, or really, the issue of not being heard, or seen, or acknowledged, particularly for one's own contribution. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this. And for me, when it's good and you're being heard, it means you are having your ideas acknowledged, you feel validated, you feel valued. And, you know, in its most basic way, I think being heard also basically means to be respected, don't you? Yeah, I like that take. And, you know, even in the world's best job or role, no one feels all of those things all the time. No. But if you rarely feel those things, or if there are certain scenarios, for example, regular meetings where for whatever reason, you feel repeatedly undervalued or ignored or diminished, then, you know, it can be really very frustrating and actually undermines your confidence. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, it sounds like you're speaking from experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think we all have this experience every now and again. And even still today, I find this particularly when like as a board director, particularly when I'm sitting in a meeting with investment bankers or private equity, and I am often either the only woman or one of few And all the guys around the table look the same and they're focused on the same things, which is likely different to me. And I do find it sometimes hard to get a word in or, you know, certainly I can be sitting there thinking I don't feel that I've got a contribution. Yeah, or particularly included. Or included or respected. Yeah, and it's not the best feeling, is it? No, it's really quite shitty. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> yes. But you know, I, I often I have to actually grab myself and actually sort of pump myself back up and sit up really straight and breathe and then push through the fear of actually saying something. Yeah, you have to really, don't you in those circumstances? Yeah, totally. Well, you know, the trouble is research shows that you're not alone, that you know, for women and other minorities, it is harder to have your ideas and your comments and contributions heard at work. 
And you might be thinking to yourself, but that's not my issue. It's the people at the table who aren't listening to me who should change. And we say, totally. totally. Fair point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and absolutely, in an ideal world, that would absolutely happen. However, we also say that there may be some things that you can do to help your contributions land and be acknowledged as they ought. What's more, these tips and tools that we're going to share with you will help you even in the best of circumstances. Think of these as best practice habits for everyone. Yeah, you know, that's right. I use these tools all the time to try and make sure that my communications land in the way I want them to land. But also using these tools, it creates a discipline of ensuring that what you communicate is both as concise as it can be and as on point as it can be. So there's less thinking aloud at those important meetings and there's more eloquent and thoughtful contributions, or at least that's the aim. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) So today we're going to cover this issue of being heard from two different ends of the spectrum. Firstly, we'll look at how we can all be more effective at delivering our messages and communications. Then we'll explore how those receiving your messages and communications can be able to be influenced to be a little bit more receptive. They sound similar, and of course, they are so related. But as you'll see, they're two different ends of the one issue. So both are worth covering off. Indeed. All right, well, let's get started on how to ensure you're optimizing your chances of being heard. And no surprises here, preparation is key. So particularly before important meetings, make sure you've really thought about the context of the meeting, what your role in the meeting is, you know, and what are the objectives of the meeting? Are you there, for example, in the meeting as a project owner or as a subject matter expert or some other role? And, you know, what might be expected of you in this meeting? What's the likely perspective of the other folk in the room? What do they know? What don't they know? Maybe you can help bridge those gaps in some way. But most importantly also, what are your objectives for the meeting as well as in addition to what the overall meeting's objectives are? And have you thought about what your key messages can be to help you achieve your objectives? Yeah, I love that. I Mm. I think that's so important, knowing what your objective is in that meeting. Yeah, exactly. Super important. You know, we know everyone's busy. But even spending five to 10 minutes at the beginning of each workday to quickly scan your calendar and identify the most important meetings you have and quickly reflect on what your role will be and what your key objectives for that meeting are will pay huge dividends. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And this, you know, this applies whether it's a group meeting or a one-on-one. You know, when the stakes are high, just try to avoid going in unprepared. And as Claire said, even just five to 10 minutes will make a difference. Yeah, exactly. There is one thing that you can sometimes do ahead of time to help your messages land in a given meeting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is particularly where you have a certain topic that you want to raise and cover off. Mm -hmm. And that is consider approaching the meeting organizer to see if you can get your specific topic on the meeting agenda. Even if you can't get it on the agenda, letting them know in advance that you're keen to contribute something particular may well increase your chances of airtime during the meeting. And you might even get support from 
the person who's chairing the meeting itself. Yeah, I think this is such a good point. You know, we were in a conversation yesterday where someone was talking about all the the pre-work that they do before an important meeting. And this is an example of how you can really accelerate getting traction, if you like, by sort of trying to be proactive in that way. All right, so assuming you've done your preparation, it's now time to think about how you show up in the meeting. And we're going to speak about both the physical side of this and then also the verbal and audio side. So on the physical side of things, ensure your posture shows you're backing yourself. I mean, you know, it sounds really simple, doesn't it? Yeah. But the number of times I see people in in meetings who actually look really nervous Mm. or, um, you know, they're kind of slumped over themselves. So make sure that your posture is open and expansive you know, obviously that you're not looking at your laptop or your phone. You know, one other thing that I think is really interesting yeah. is the height of your chair. Ah, yes. This is a favourite of yours. It is. It's a real <laughs> favourite because you can actually, if you slightly raise your seat above everybody else around you, you will actually feel like you're more important or that you've got more status, Mm. and they will also feel that subconsciously. Yeah, that whole difference in height. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, equally, you can do it so that you're lower. So if somebody feels intimidated by you, you can lower it. But I think that that is something that is really interesting, and not many people do that. Yeah, you might be right. I know being quite short, five foot three, I have often played around with my chairs. <laughs> Definitely. You know, I've got to use every trick in the book. You do. Five foot three to, you know, make sure I'm exerting some presence sitting down at a table, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. And making sure that you sit like in a prime position at yeah. the table as well, not yeah. on the outside edge. Yeah, true, true. Look, another thing that really helps you in terms of getting your messages to land is having direct eye contact with people. You know, it really kind of registers both your presence and also your quiet confidence. And it will also tell you if someone never looks at you that they're potentially a problem stakeholder for you, at least in terms of being open to hearing what you have to say. You know, now, of course, I want to clarify here that eye contact importance varies a lot by different cultures and you have to be mindful of both the culture of the people that you're meeting with and also what country you're in and what the typical habit of eye contact is. You know, for example, in Asian cultures, having direct eye contact is nowhere near as common or it's almost viewed as being a bit insolent, isn't it? Well, yeah, it can be. If you do it with someone more senior than you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think definitely the context of where you're working is super critical so you always need to bear that in mind and be very mindful of that particularly if you're from a different culture yeah exactly right you have to sort of think a little bit harder and more proactively well that's just a few physical tips to think about uh, to help you get your message across we want to look at now at what you say and how you say it Now, you know, for example, and this is harder for introverts or softly spoken people, but you may need to push yourself to speak more loudly than is comfortable for you or is usual for you, not just to be heard clearly, but to sound authoritative and confident. 
And, you know, if you are an introvert and hate speaking out and actually get quite nervous, then try taking some deep breaths when you're sitting at the meeting table and shut down any unhelpful narratives you hear in your head, you know, where you're second guessing yourself saying, oh no, that's probably a stupid question. I probably shouldn't say that. Or if you want to add a point, again, don't second guess and say, oh no, they've probably already thought about that. I don't need to say that. Just shut that down and contribute. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's often hard to do, but really important. Because at the end of the day, you want people to think that you are really confident in what you're saying, even if you don't feel like that inside. Yeah. Something else that helps you land your message well is to be mindful of how you end a sentence. You know, finish strongly rather than trailing off into mumbling. Yeah, I can do that sometimes. I think sometimes if you talk for too long, then you can have lost the power to have a a good strong ending and you end up waffling a bit and then you realize you're waffling. So you kind of just try to make it go away by being quieter. (laughs) (laughs) You don't do that often. No, thank you. Another thing to help your messages land is to avoid raising the tone of your voice at the end as if you're asking a question. You know, that's quite an Aussie thing to do, I think. Well, probably more so because there is this Australian accent tendency to finish up like. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so... Do do you want to give us an example of how that might sound? Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I think it's a classic Aussie thing to end up. So my advice is that we should shut that project down. See how I kind of went up at the end a bit? Mm, Yeah, you're not really sure, are you? Well, that's right because, Mm. you know, and people could have – there can be lots of reasons why you do that because you kind of go, oh, am I saying something too radical for this room? So you want to take the foot off the accelerator a little bit, but it immediately dilutes the power of what you're saying. And if you're genuinely advising to shut the project down – then that's what you should do. Sort of finish strongly. Don't finish with that intonation up. I yeah. don't know how good a demonstration that was. I don't, no, I think it's pretty good. Don't think I'm going to be winning any Oscars anytime soon. Well, maybe soon. not, but you know, we're we're not in the Oscars territory here. No, um, but very I true. thought that was very good. Well, thank you. So now we've covered some good tips for when you get to speak in a meeting. You know, being confident, pushing yourself to speak. You know, loudly and clearly. How often though have you sat in a meeting or in a virtual meeting and? actually really just simply struggled to be able to get a word in edgewise. Mm, yeah, 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 that's happened to me, Yeah, for sure. me too. And, you know, sometimes I think it's because of what I call meeting asymmetry, you know, where, for example, two or more people are all in the same room physically together, but then you or someone is virtual, and that poor virtual person can find it quite difficult mm. to sort of get traction in the meeting or into so the conversation. True. But then at other times, you know, it doesn't matter if you're all in the same room or not. Simply just sometimes getting your chance to be able to share your opinion or ask a question can be really difficult. There doesn't seem to be a break in the talking. And those meetings that you had with the um, investment bankers, that sounds like that may well have fitted this category. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and so in that scenario where you're finding it hard to jump into the conversation, this is where... We find having a few phrases up your sleeve ready to jump in really helps. Ah, yeah, yeah. And do you want to share an example? Yeah. Okay. So, um, for example, you've been trying to jump into the conversation and you haven't had a chance. This is where sometimes you can't wait for a complete silence to jump in. A phrase that we like to use to allow you to piggyback off really quickly off the last point is to say something like, Building on Steve's point and then carry on with what you wanted to say. 
and you know of course it does have to have some logic in relationship to what's just been said yeah. <laughs> with, you know, that jump in phrase. You don't want to build on Steve's point, but actually change the subject completely. Well, no, but you can sort of build on, on Steve's point, say a sentence and then change the subject. Yes, I agree with that. And I've used that many a time, yeah. particularly in board meetings. And I think you see politicians do that too. They might pretend to answer a journalist's question and go, yes, and but, you know, that that's sort of not quite correct they might say or but what re- then they'll go something like but what really matters yeah exactly. and then they just change the subject to what they want to talk about yeah it's a great tactic yes another phrase that we recommend is to jump in and say something like yes and so again you don't if you don't want to build on steve's point but you want to make a point that again sort of is complementary to the one that's just been said or the previous few that have just been said Again, not having to wait for complete silence and jumping in saying, yes, and is a really good option. Now, if on the other hand, though, you're trying to ask a question and you're having trouble finding the entry point into the conversation to do so, then one tactic we recommend is to sort of jump in and ask, before we go further, can I just clarify something to ensure we're all on the same page here? And then you go ahead and ask your question. Because I think it's in everybody's interest presumably at the meeting that people are on the same page before they move forward. And so by jumping in, you sometimes you get that kind of chance to ask a question. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you can't always be polite, can you? You don't want to sit back and, and wait and wait and wait for a moment to jump in. Yeah, that's right. It, you are potentially going to have to speak over someone if you haven't had the chance. But if it's an important question and it's related to the topic that's about to be wrapped up, it's really important to to do that. Yeah, I know. Totally. Absolutely agree. Now, there's the other scenario where you're sitting there wondering whether your question is is a stupid question. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I know. I, I know. I have <laughs> Not, this. We do this all the time, don't we? Yeah. Everybody. It's human, I think. Yeah. Or um, the other one is, you know, am I going to get judged for mm. asking this question? Is it, you know, is this sort of showing my lack of reading of yeah, the material involved or, 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 or my naivety or something yeah. and you know I think that's pretty common for big formal meetings particularly where you're not the most senior person I think that's right yeah people are second guessing what they say all the time and we're naturally wanting to make a good impression but you know that narrative inside our heads can do us a really big disservice here and we shouldn't listen to that. You've got to shut down that narrative and just be present in the meeting and listen. And rest assured that this tendency to feel nervous before you ask a question doesn't go away, however senior you get, because we want to introduce now a former guest who's an entrepreneur, philanthropist. She's a member of the House of Lords in the UK now. She's actually also a baroness. And her name is Martha Lane Fox. And Martha's had an incredible career, as well as her political board at the uh, role at the moment. She's on the she was on the board of Twitter until Elon Musk acquired it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she is uh, still on the board and she's on the board of Chanel. How cool would that be? Yep. And very chancellor of the UK's Open University, amongst others. And she shared with us the kind of struggle that she can go through, particularly at high level government meetings, such as defence meetings. Here she is. I thought, just ask the question. Don't be <sighs> frightened. You know this stuff. Ask the question. Use your voice. And... I feel it and you have to just switch your confident brain on and go for it. Obviously, it doesn't help if you don't know your subject. So there is no shortcut to reading, learning, being good at what you do. 
and that comes from hard work and perseverance who marry those two things together and just always feel like you have as equal rights to be in the room. Martha Lane Fox there making such an important point. You know, if you're invited to the meeting, then remember you've got a right to be in the room and participate accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, actually asking a question is one of the scenarios where I think it's easier in virtual meetings because you can raise your hand virtually and it's hard to actually ignore that. I agree. Yeah. And I totally You know, that little emoji. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The other tool we want to share now is for those scenarios where you get repeatedly interrupted when you try to speak up. The research shows this happens more to women. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. And we're believers that you need to call this out and stand up for yourself, even though, you know, it can be a bit scary. And so is Q Delara, who these days is one of the most senior women in corporate America, where she's president of Medtronic Diabetes. And she was on our show a couple of years ago. And she's such an impressive woman. Yeah, yeah. I was at McKinsey with Q and you always knew even back then that she would be going on to do great things. So here's Q talking about the importance of standing your ground and standing up for yourself. I had one colleague one time just interrupt me constantly. I would be saying something within 30 seconds of my speaking, he would interrupt me and I would call him out on it. I just don't, you know, I'm not going to be a wallflower to let people talk over me or be impolite like that. I I make it very clear. And sometimes people don't really realize they're doing it and they adjust their behavior. It's the one thing you can change in the whole world is your behavior, but you've got to stand up for yourself. I love that about Q. You know, she really has stood up for herself. And I think that's really important. But another great point that she made with us in the interview, which I really recommend you listening to because it's fantastic, is to make sure that you speak up in the first 15 minutes of a meeting because it really helps you break the ice and it helps how you are perceived over time as well. Yeah, she's a real passionate believer that if you go to a meeting, you should not be a silent wallflower and a passive bystander. You have to make your presence felt. The other thing that I really liked about what Q just shared with us then in her soundbite is, you know, that she then, if she was interrupted repeatedly by someone, she'd then go up to that person privately and actually explain to them, because they might not even be aware that they're doing Mm. this, that they continually interrupt her. That is not an easy thing to do, granted. And Q is, she's tiny, she's petite, but it's a very important thing to do and to have that sort of brave and kind of perfectly calm conversation without getting emotional and point out the type of this type of behavior in a reasonable way. It can work also, not just if someone's interrupting you, but if someone continually overlooks your contribution at meetings as well they might not realize and you could say look I don't know if you've realized but in the last four meetings I've said something and no one has acknowledged it and you've moved the agenda on and I'm just feeling like I may as well not be there yeah absolutely and you know remember the great feedback principles here you know such as being specific with that feedback to that person sharing the impact of their behavior on you or others and being open-minded and curious in spirit. As Greta said, you know, the person who's doing this may have absolutely no idea that they are actually doing this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so true. 
Okay, so, so far we've covered the importance of preparing for your important meetings. We've looked at things you can do to optimize how your messages land during meetings, whether it's how you're sitting in your posture or verbal tricks and techniques and phrases up your sleeve. And now we want to spend a few minutes just looking at something you can do over time to help make future meetings go better. That's actually all about thinking about your relationships and day-to-day interactions with the people that you meet with regularly. One action here is to ask yourself, are there people you could build a closer relationship with or a better connection? If so, consciously going out of your way to build rapport with this person or people over time outside of meetings could go a really long way in shifting how they see you. You know, find a a common topic of interest, for example, because when you share common interest, this is going to automatically help build relatedness with someone. And by definition, when you have relatedness, you're going to find it easier to be heard by those stakeholders. Yeah, it's that whole in-group, out-group kind of thing. If you can demonstrate that you've got some common interest, common vested interest, whatever it might be, subject outside of work, support the same football team, whatever. Another important consideration when you're working to build stronger relationships at work is to really practice listening to someone. Yeah, exactly. And you know, listening well in meetings actually helps you be heard. Because if you're sitting there so focused on the point that you're trying to make, the odds are you're not listening to the points being made in the moment. Yeah, it's such a great point. And I think we can all be guilty of that at different times. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But you know, I think that active listening is just so, so critical. Well, we've covered a lot of different tips and tools today on helping to be heard and acknowledged from preparation and things you can do before a meeting to things you can try during meetings, as well as longer term plays to build relatedness with key stakeholders to help you in future meetings. And there's no doubt the more you can shut down your doubting, questioning, internal narrative, you know, that inner critic, that voice inside our heads, the better things will be. Couldn't agree more. Well, that's this episode done and dusted. We hope this helps you to take actions to feel more heard and more valued moving forward. And speaking of being heard, don't miss our next episode where we have the most fascinating conversation with a key leader in national intelligence and cybersecurity. Yeah, you heard that right, folks, national intelligence. And yes, you could call this incredible guest coming up a spy. Whoa, this is an episode. I've been wanting to say that for so long. (laughs) This is an episode we feel very fortunate to be able to bring you. How often do you hear someone in this line of work share their career journey? Um, Never. Exactly. So don't miss this episode coming up. And in the meantime, have fun, speak out and back yourself. Ciao for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.